it won't benefit us to have all those vineyards and cities and things if you're not there. We need the presence of the Lord. I'm glad he's in us. I'm glad he lives inside of us today. I'm certainly glad of that. But I'll tell you something. I'm thankful for what I feel inside. But I'm thankful when I can feel it outside. When I can feel it on me, not just in me. I don't want to just feel it on me and not in me. I want the whole deal. Saturate me <laughs> all through and through. But when you can feel that you are in that atmosphere where the angels are worshiping with you and, and great spiritual things are happening, it's, it's something to be said for that. And I'm thankful for it today. And I'm thankful for you guys. I'm going to get into this message today so we can get going and and I told some that were sitting behind me this morning that during the kids service I said well you know you must be on the right message when the kids message is setting your message up (laughs) I said they were just all over a lot of things uh, that I had had studied this morning and uh, be honest I had no idea what I was going to preach till I got here today but God will let you know you know I, I don't like to have too much notice I guess sometimes I think I would like that but then I think if I have too much notice I'm just going to start adding my own stuff and I might start carving it up and mess it up so just give it to me hot off the press I ain't got time to change nothing <laughs> so uh, so I'm thankful for what God's going to do in this service today because I've, I'm going to preach and I believe there will be some some things we'll see teaching wise in God's word today and it will really jump on the coattail of last week's message about the unsinkable word of God. Romans 8 and 31 says this, and I want to say thank you again to our choir and our music that lead us every week in worship. Listen, that's so important. Before before beginning of the service, that worship and praise was so important that God would set them up in, in front of the army before they would go out to battle. So, I don't make any, uh, you know, apologies for recognizing our our music and our singing every week because, boy, I tell you, they they do a great job of listening to the Lord and leading us like they do. Romans 8 and 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I want to preach for a little while on this thought, victory over these things victory over these things would you pray for me and pray for the lesson this morning Jesus we thank you what a presence we have felt already thank you for the faith that's in this building today and God thank you for your word Lord anoint these lips of clay one more time to preach to your people give us words God to feed us today that we can all be changed and made better and be ready to meet you again when you come. We ask it today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give a hand clap to the Lord. I'm going to swap mics, guys, and go to this lapel. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. And thank you for worshiping and responding like you have today. I love to see people come to church and participate. I love to see people excited about the house of the Lord. I know we quote 
the scripture all the time. I was glad when they said unto me and let us go into the house of the Lord. And uh, but I don't want it to lose any effect just because we've made songs out of it and, and quotes out of it and things. I, it's the word of God, and I think that every child of God should feel draw joy and not dread as they get ready for church and going to the house of the Lord. I think they ought to be excited that I'm about to go to where Jesus is. I've said this before, but you know, when uh, Jesus would show up in places in, in the scripture, sometimes if they knew where he was going, they would run ahead so they could be there. I'm going I'm to beat him there. Well, you know, today you don't beat him here. He's, he's here. <laughs> but if you woke up with that and your eyes would pop open and the first thought in your head was, I'm going to the house where the Lord is. I'm going to the house, not just the house of the Lord, but I'm going to the house where the Lord is. And I'm going to be in his presence and hear from his word. So again, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? When living this uh, life, I, I said it a few weeks ago, I won't use the same funny little word to describe it, but I talked about the straight and narrow, and I said it's not all smooth. Uh, I know y'all think about little deers licking your knees now, but um, you had to be here, I guess. But straight and narrow does not mean smooth and flat. We go through things in this life. There are snares and pitfalls and obstacles and enemies and trials of our faith. And we have a race to run or a road to walk. We, we've got to make it all the way home. But what I see today is that there are too many people that are being defeated by these things. You notice we put that little quotations because we want to emphasize how do we get victory over these things. Paul did not write an exhaustive list. He just said, what shall we then say uh, to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? But I see people on a daily basis that are being defeated by these things. Maybe it's fear, fear of the unknown, fear of, of, the, of the known, fear of what is happening in this world today. It could be doubt, doubt in yourself, doubt in your ministry. It could be doubt in others. It could be uh, doubt that God is listening, doubt, insecurities. Am I good enough? Am I strong enough? Am I going to make it? Am I faithful enough? Insecurities, shame and guilt over things from our past or, or from our presence, things that uh, stop us and trip us, bitterness or hatred over a hurt or a broken heart or, or somebody has wronged us, envy, jealousies, addictions that we can't seem to get away from and habits that seem to trouble us or maybe it's sickness that has got us and it's beginning to try and wear us down and we know we have people in our church and our congregation, our loved ones that are fighting, battling uh, diseases that could uh, and would love to take their life, but we're not believing that today in Jesus' name. And, and uh, you know, all kind of things. Uh, you could just go on and on and never exhaust the list because each one of us has a list of these things that we fight. And again, too many people, children of God. And I talk about people in the world that don't know him. They don't, they don't have something to call out on. They don't realize that they've got a God and that they've got help. But I'm talking about Holy Ghost filled, blood washed, born again, 
children of God that sit on the seats and on the pews week after week and, and year after year, but they're being defeated and beaten, punched by these things. And the reason that they are being defeated by these things is because they don't know what to say to them. They don't realize that it is as simple as how you address these things. But when these things cause you to ball up and close your mouth, when these things shut you down and and put you in the corner in silence, then they begin to rob you of your victory. Last week we talked about there is power in God's word and it's the unsinkable word of God and how Peter walked on water because of one word, the word come. But let me tell you, I've hid his word in my heart. And if there's power in God's word, then there's power in you. If the Holy Ghost lives in you and you shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come on you. Well, the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Let me tell you, when the Holy Ghost comes, it's the living Word that, that, that falls down inside of you. It doesn't mean it downloads every scripture. you still got to read and study and listen and learn what the Bible's saying. But now you've got power in you if you let it out. It's just like you could have the electricity turned on at your house, and you can sit in the dark because until you go and flip the switch where the power can move and course through that house. It never leaves that breaker box until you flip the switch. It never makes it to that lamp until you flip the switch. It didn't make it to your coffee maker until you flip the switch. We need to activate the power. Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us simply that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Some things, uh, uh, if everybody likes life, so let's speak life. Uh, if there's life in the power of the tongue, that means I can speak things that keep me alive. I can speak things that keep me viable. I can keep, speak things that, you know what, the Bible says the dead praise not the Lord, but I can speak things that keep me praising, that keep me worshiping. I can, I can speak things that say, and when I'm old, in my old age, I'm still going to be praising you. In my hard time, I'm still going to be praising you. There's something in my mouth. There's a word in my mouth today of faith that I can say, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I I can speak that word to things that are trying to wear me out and tire me down and beat me up, and, and they can keep me going because I have no desire to quit, and I'm not going to turn around. I'm not looking back to where I came from. I'm not trying to go back to the world that that, that God called me away from. I'm trying to go toward the world he's called me to. So, but there's also dealing with life, there's resurrection. There's some things that that the enemy, he he might get you. The enemy comes to kill, steal, destroy. But then Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life. I'm talking about the word made flesh said, I have come that you might have life. I told you last week, you can't see him, you ain't seen him, and you can't get to hold him unless you hold him in this book. But that's the word of God made flesh, and it's Jesus that's keeping me uh, safe and keeping me sound, and it's Jesus that Paul said, through Christ I can do all things. And so even when something is dead in my life, if it feels like it's my something that's killed my desire or killed my faith, this is the, the reason it's beating you is you don't know what to say to it. What shall we say to these things? 
If God be for us, who can be against us? But let me tell you, death is also in the power of the tongue. Now, that can be a bad thing if you use it wrong, but there are some things that need to die in your life. There are some things that, that do not, you don't need to let them live and hang around. God would command them in some places. He said, you go in here and destroy all of them. Kill everything. Kill animals. Kill kings. Kill everybody. Kill it all. Kill your enemies. Destroy them. Don't take no prisoners. Because if they hang around, they're going to be a problem for you later on. Sometimes in our desire to be good, we think we're being smart and merciful by letting bad things hang around us because I don't want to sound judgmental and I don't want nobody to get the wrong idea about me. But let me tell you something. If it is bothering you, if it is preventing you, if it is attacking you, if it's dragging you down, then you need to kill it. (laughs) You need to stop it in the name of the Lord. You you speak life to yourself, but you speak death to these things that are trying to hurt you. When it's dead, it can't bother you. When it's dead, it's over. Goliath wasn't going to bother nobody else. He was dead. When the enemy's dead, he's dead. When that thing dies, it dies. Speak to it. If God is for you, then who can be against you? If it's not producing in your life, If it's fighting you, kill it. Kill it. Look at your neighbor and say, kill it. Kill those things that are haunting you. Kill those things that are distracting you. Kill those things that are pulling you down. Listen, you're holding on, on to somebody that's going down. Let them go. You know what they'll tell you when you jump in in the water trying to save somebody? If they're fighting you, let them go because they'll drown you too. You know what you can do? You can speak a word to them, but quit trying to hold on to people who ain't going to turn around until God gets a hold of them. Hey, if God can't turn them around, you can't turn them around. Oh, that that don't sound right, preacher. That don't sound right. The Bible says to come out and be separate from some things. It says to not touch the unclean things. There's some things, listen, you love people no matter who they are. You pray for them no matter who they are. You reach for them no matter who they are. But don't you let them drag you down. You've got to let God work on them. Pray for them. Speak things into their life. Pray prayers of faith. Speak all kind of things. Rebuke devils, rebuke spirits, rebuke sickness, rebuke addiction, rebuke coldness, whatever you got to do. Kill that stuff, but don't kill yourself. When they're telling you, oh, I'm going to get it right, just stick with me. I'm not going down with you. I just need somebody to go with me. Not there. How about you go with me and we'll go to church and you can go where the presence of the Lord is and you can be in a place where you can be changed and where you can be better. Listen, your voice will precede your victory. If you know, what did he say? What should we say to these things? If, if God be for us, who can be against us? That should frame the way you speak to these things. Knowing that God 
is for you, then I'm asking you and me, how are we addressing these things? Are we whimpering and cowering down to them? Are we clamming up and not speaking to them? Are we saying, you're right, I am a loser. You're right, I can't do nothing right. You're right, nobody does love me. You're right, I'll never preach good. I'll never be this. I'll never be able to sing. I'll never be able to play. I'll never uh, be a minister. I'll never make it all the way home. Is that what you're saying to these things? Because that's exactly what they want to hear. They want to hear you say, I quit. They want to hear you say, I'm throwing in the towel. They want to hear you say, I'm not going back. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to try anymore. It don't matter. Hey, it ain't even got to be about church. He'll attack your home and want you to say, fine, we're splitting up. Fine, we're not even going to try. He'll, he'll divide sons and daughters and wives and husbands and fathers and sons and sons and daughters. And, and he wants you to say, I concede. But I'm telling you today that God has given you victory. And that there is a voice inside of you. And let me tell you, if God's word can create life, so can your voice. And if his voice can destroy things, so can your voice. Your voice. What's coming out of your throat? What's coming across your lips? It will precede your victory or your defeat. You'll either speak life or you'll speak death. And it'll be your own. Hello? It'll be yours alone. What you're saying, God's listening to what you're saying. People are listening to what you're saying. And more than that, the enemy is listening to what you're saying. And so when I think about the story of David and Goliath, you see now how the kids were setting me up this morning. The story of David and Goliath, one of the very first Bible stories that you will ever hear, that you learn about. And it's always like we demonstrated that, man, and it's, it's fine. It's the way you should, you know, we teach things by showing the difference. David was so small and Goliath was so big. And then we talked talk about that bag of rocks that David picked up and, and how that it was a rock. But let me tell you something about that story about David and Goliath. Let's, let's just look and see what it says. You're going to see what I'm talking about this morning about saying things to these things. In 1 Samuel 17 and 4, here's how it describes Goliath. And they went out a champion. This ain't no bench warmer. He ain't third string. He's the champion. Even Saul, the king of Israel, acknowledged he's been a man of war from his youth. Grew up fighting. Knows all about it. Killed more people than you can think of. They went a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. Six cubits in a span. If that height is accurate, then it's nine foot nine inches. That's even bigger than our giant. Said he had a helmet of brass on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. That's 125 pounds. 125 pound coat. That's like carrying a teenager around all the time. He had greaves of brass on his legs, target of brass between his shoulders. Staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels, which is 15 pounds. That's heavy for a spearhead that you've got to throw at somebody. 
And it didn't bother him. And it didn't weigh him down. And it didn't stop him from being one bad fellow. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out and set your battle in array? And not I, Philistine, and you servants of Saul, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and kill me, then he will be, we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him, then you uh, shall be our servants and serve us. The enemy challenged Israel. He wants to defeat them. And let me tell you, there's a challenge out to every one of us today, and he wants to defeat us, but not just defeat us. He wants to enslave you. He wants to make you his servant. He wants you to do his bidding. He wants to make sport of you. And so we see what kind of man we're facing. Nine foot nine, David is about to come out. We know David was just a little guy. Verse 42 says, And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, this is after David has said, Hey, I'll go. He's on the way out to the field. Philistines looked and saw David, Goliath, he disdained him because he was just a youth and he was ruddy and of a fair countenance. And anyway, he said, he's a pretty boy and he's young. He's a kid. He's a young, handsome kid. And the Philistines said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh into the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. The enemy was mocking him, making light of him, and trying to paralyze him with fear. And it does the same thing to us today. Your enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to paralyze you with fear. He'll mock you. He'll make light of your ministry. He'll make light of who you are. He'll make light of your faith. He'll make light of your gifting. He'll make light of your efforts. And he will mock you and, and, and tell you, you are no match for me. And David heard him, and David saw him, and David recognized the weapons that Goliath had. But not a single bit of that changed what David was about to do, and it did not change what David knew about his God. Because David knew if God be for you, who can be against you? And before, and we talk about, oh, David got that bag of rocks and he grabbed that rock and he wound up and he killed that giant before a single rock was ever thrown. Before he loaded that sling, he said, David said to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword, with a spear, with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. And this day will the Lord deliver you in my hand and I will smite you, take your head from you. I will give your carcass to the host of the Philistines this day and to the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. Before David ever loaded his sling, he told his problem, this is how it's going to be. So I'm saying, so what shall we say then to these things? What are you saying to that thing that's troubling your mind? What are you saying to that enemy that's trying to pull you down? If God's for you, hey, Brother Paul, if God's for you, can cancer beat you? Uh, Hey, come on, somebody. 
If God's for you, can fear beat you? If God's for you, can anxiety beat you? Come on, can a broken heart beat you? Oh, no. If God be for you, who can be against you? And if a little bitty teenage boy can run up to a nine foot nine giant and say, I'm going to take your head off your body today. Don't you know how many men that Goliath, he's already got a whole army frozen in fear. And then here comes this one that runs down and says, I'm going to tell you, you, hey, that didn't stop him. I'm putting on my bad face. I'm, hey, he, you that big and tall, you ain't even got to put on a bad face. You just avoid that kind of stuff. But he runs to him. This is how it's going to be. You ain't feeding me to nobody, I'm feeding you. You ain't beating nobody, I'm beating you. But it ain't my talent, and it ain't my sling, and it ain't my rock. It's in the name of the Lord that you're going to go down. Because God is not going to let his child be defeated. God's going to show everybody. Everybody's going to see what faith in God will do. Everybody's going to know that there is a God in Israel. And let me tell you, when you start speaking to your things and when you start winning victories, everybody in your circle is going to know there's a God inside of you. Hey, husband and wife, when you stay together, they're going to know there's a God in your family. When your children come back home, they're going to know there's a God in your family. When the doctor says, hey, I don't know where that cancer went. Oh, he's going to know there's a God in your camp. He's going to know that there's something that you trust in besides science. There's something you trust in besides medicine. But you've got the living God on your side. We have forgotten how to talk to these things. I'm not just talking about falling down in prayer and crying until you can't cry no more. I'm talking about when something comes against you and challenges you face to face, you stand up and you tell it in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. You got to go. You can roar. You can huff. You can puff, but you ain't blowing this house down. Let me tell you something today. I won't be defeated. I am not going to be defeated by a lesser enemy. I'm not going to be defeated by somebody that Jesus told me. I've already given you power over all the power of the enemy. Guess what? He can't hit you with nothing new. There ain't no new secret weapon. When the Lord said, I've given you power over all the power, that means anything that he devises. In other words, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But when God's people get back to remembering how to speak to these things, instead of just lumping them on us and holding on to them, oh, well, I know I'm supposed to suffer, so I'll just, here, just come on, let's let's put another one on, let's put another one on, and, and just carrying it and just carrying it. I'm telling you, it's time to stop doing that. It's time to start calling it out. You got to start telling, you can't beat me. I might fall, but I shall arise. So don't be having no victory party yet, devil, because you ain't got me. Don't be having no victory party yet, cancer. You ain't got me. Don't be having no victory party yet, fear and depression and doubt. You ain't got me. 
I fall down, I shall arise. The Lord's going to hold me with his hand and he's going to lift me up and he's going to be a light to me. Let me tell you something today. What are you saying to these things? Because victory ain't in the spear and victory ain't in the sword and victory ain't in the stone. It's what have you said? You want, it, you want victory over these things? Talk to them. Speak to them. Kill them. Death is in the power of the tongue. And when David went out and said, oh, let me tell you, big boy, this is how it's going to be. And it was exactly the way he said it would be. He saw Goliath. He heard Goliath. And I'm sure that he understood. Even his king had told him, said, you can't go out there. You can't do this. This man, man, his reputation precedes him. We've been hearing about him since he was a young boy. Since he was a youth, he's been killing people all his life. He's been fighting battles all his life. He's, been, he's killed hundreds and maybe thousands, I don't know, of people in his life. And, and he has faced down entire armies, a whole army. You've heard me say this before, just the logistics of it doesn't make sense to me. He's a big target. You get about... Ten guys to get close enough with some arrows. He can't block all of them at once. Everybody shoot. Just everybody shoot at that one man. He can't dodge all of it. Isn't it amazing how fear will stop you cold? I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to lose mine. You know how far an arrow will go? Shoot from here. You ever watch them old battle scenes? Man, them guys are hundreds of yards off, and they just about a thousand arrows in the air. They got to come down somewhere. I mean, come on. Fear. Saul had forgot how to speak to these things. David's brothers didn't know how to speak to these things. But David was a man after God's own heart. And David didn't let any man despise his youth. He said, I'm going to be an example of the believer. Oh, long before Paul wrote it to Timothy, David was putting it into action. I'm going to be an example of the believer in my God. If God be for me, who can be against me? And it framed the words that came out of his mouth that this day I'm going to take your head from your body and I'm going to give you a body to the fowls of the air and, and everybody's going to know there is a God in Israel. And then it came to pass just as he said. David knew what he faced. He knew the stakes were high. He knew the people saw him as the underdog. But most importantly, David knew if God be for us, who can be against us? And it framed the words of faith that was, driving, that was the driving force behind the stone. So I'm asking you, church, what are you saying to these things? Because being silent ain't good enough. The Bible says there's a time to be quiet, but then there's a time to break the silence, to not be quiet. There's a time to be quiet and then a time to shout. There's a time to lift your voice. There's a time to, to speak these things. And let me tell you, sometimes you need to turn around, set your face like a flint and speak to that thing and say, you're going to get your hands off me, off my family, off this situation in the name of Jesus. It's going Because God... 
Oh, no, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to, I'm going to destroy your faith. You'll never preach again. You'll never worship again. You'll never praise again. I'm going to take you. No, you ain't taking me down. Because you can't beat what's inside of me. I got word that's forever settled. Greater is he that's in me. Hey, fear, greater is he that's in me. Hey, depression, hey, sickness. Come on, yeah. Hey, doubt, hey, fear, hey, insecurity, hey, shame, hey, guilt. I got something inside of me that's greater than all that. And David knew and recognized and called out the weapons that Goliath had. And the Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices, of our enemies' devices. We know when it's that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. That's not the Lord. God's not here to shame us. God's not here to make us doubt. He's not the author of confusion. So when these things start coming in, you've got to remember, that's the enemy. I got something to say to you, enemy. You cannot sit in silence, bound and gagged, waiting on a rescue. You speak to these things in the name of the Lord and get your victory. David's voice preceded his victory. In Psalm 116, another psalm that just proves the point. Listen what verse 1 says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplication. He's heard me. God has heard me in my distress, but he ought to also hear me in my good times as well. But God has heard me and I love him so much because he has heard my voice. He's telling you that God is faithful and God is listening. But listen, in verse 2 it says, Because he hath inclined his ear unto me. You have the ear of the king of kings. You know, they used to talk about that and say, Well, go ask him because he's got the king's ear. He's got the president's ear. He's got so, you know, he's got, he's, he's close to somebody in power, and that's what they'd say. He's got his ear. In other words, he can speak to him and, and advise him or hear from him. And so go talk to him. You've got the king's ear. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. We got to get back to taking advantage of this resource. You've got the king's ear, he's the master of it all. He's the healer, the deliverer. He's the savior. He's the God of all comfort. He's the prince of peace. There ain't nothing that he can't do, and you've got his ear. He's the creator of all life, the savior of all men. And you've got his ear. You've got his ear. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Not, yeah, you can call pastor. You can talk to God. Hey, don't talk to me before you talk to him. <laughs> talk to him. You've got his ear. Oh, I guess I'm going to die. I can't get a hold of the pastor today. Hey, I, I'm in a place with no sales service. I can't help it. Guess who don't need no sales service? You've got the king's ear. And he says, then listen, the sorrows of death come past me. The pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. What'd you do? Then I called upon the name of the Lord. You mean you didn't quit? You didn't quit church? You didn't stop preaching? You didn't get mad at nobody? 
You didn't unfriend them. You didn't block them. What would you do? When all this, when the very trouble of hell got on me, I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. I spoke words of life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. That's what God's done. That's what happens when you know how to speak to these things. I will walk before the Lord. I will walk. Not maybe. This is an absolute statement. Not depending on this or that. I'm telling you, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You're not taking me out. It's not just a declaration of his faith to serve God. He's putting his enemy on notice. You're not going to stop me from moving forward. You're not going to stop me from making it all the way home. You're not going to stop me from serving God, from praising God, from preaching and ministering. and doing. You're not hit me with your best shot. You ain't going to win. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I am speaking to whatever is trying to stop me right now. I shall not die but live. I'm going to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Then verse 10. I believed. That ain't enough. I believed. Therefore have I spoken. For any victory... What I believe about God's got to come out of my mouth. What David believed about God in his heart came out of his mouth, right to the ears of all that could hear him. I'd like to see the armor bearer for Goliath. He's probably sitting there like about to go to sleep because this is every day. Goliath always killing people. What'd that boy say? (laughs) Who said that? And I'm sure there's a few of them on the front line turn around going. <laughs> and I'm sure his brothers, if they could hear heard it, was probably going, no. Oh, David, David, David. David didn't worry about what nobody else thought. He worried about how nobody else shaming him, making him feel little, making him feel bad. What I know about God has framed my words of faith. And I believed and therefore have I spoken. He believed that Goliath was going down and he spoke it. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? And just because Paul wrote that don't mean David didn't already know it. it. They knew it over and over and over again. He said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. In other words, it's, it's over. It's not going on. He didn't say, I am greatly afflicted. He said, I was. But when I spoke to it, it was over. When I spoke to it, it stopped. When I spoke to it, the end was coming. It might be gasping and hanging on for a last breath, but it's dying. It's got to go. It's going to end. From the time David said those words, Goliath didn't know it, dead man walking. He was taking the last four or five breaths he was ever going to take. He didn't know it. He was seeing the last bit of sunlight he was ever going to see. He didn't know it. But let me tell you, your problem might not realize it yet, 
but when you speak to it in the name of the Lord. <laughs> like one of them, one of them uh, medical TV shows. Time of death, time of death for cancer, time of death for fear, time of death for doubt. Time of death for shame and guilt and insecurities. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't you let that lesser enemy whoop you. Don't you let nobody in this world hold you down. What are you saying to these things? Learn how to speak to these things and get your victory. If God be for you, who can be against you? Nobody can be against you. Uh, What do you believe about him? Because what you believe about him will come across your lips if you can just believe. Jesus made it very plain in the book of, it's recorded in different places, but in the book of Mark, the 11th chapter, the Lord sees fig bush, figured he'd go pick a couple and have some, but nothing on it. So he says, nobody's going to eat fruit from you ever again. They go about the business. Next day they come out. Peter's like, whoa, master, look at the fig tree. You cursed it. He didn't poison it. He didn't cut it. He didn't knock it down. It wasn't producing. You ain't good for nothing. Go. I told you earlier, if it's not producing in your life, just curse it. If it's bothering you, if it's killing you, curse it. They're like, Jesus said, have faith in God. What's in your heart about God? What do you know about God? For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain. See, what you're doing is strapping on a helmet and running headlong into it trying to knock it out of the way. He said, if you'll just, when that mountain pops up in your way, if you'll say to it, your voice will precede your victory. He said, if you will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which he says, things you say shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he says. If you can believe it in your heart, speak it. I don't know, preacher, you put yourself out there on a limb like that. If God be for you. I'm just silly enough, I guess, to believe the word. I I said something last week. I said either Jesus is lying or he ain't. He's not the author of confusion. And I believe that people can, you know what? I don't believe people of great faith are just in Hebrews 11. I believe they're in 2019. Yeah. I don't believe that, I, I, I thank God for them and for their examples. But boy, I tell you, we need to start working harder at living up to those examples because they knew how to speak to those things. And I believe that God's people got the same power and faith today. And if they'll activate it, we're going to start seeing what Jesus said we would see. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, they're going to cast out devils. In my name, they're going to speak in other tongues. Come on. That's the church he was talking about. I don't want to be a lesser image of what he desired me to be. 
He says, therefore, I say unto you what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Your voice will precede your victory. Have faith and say to that thing, be removed. It's not a magic trick. It's not some hocus-pocus voodoo formula. It is faith in the living God, the God of all creation. Faith in God expressed by your voice will bring the miraculous. Brother Arnold preached one time, there's a miracle in your mouth. I'll say it again, that faith in God expressed by your voice will bring the miraculous. Really? Yeah, really. Peter and John weren't in prayer meeting, they were just walking. Hey, you got any silver or gold? Nope, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. They said it, it happened. Jesus gave us that example all the time, rise up and walk. Take your bed and walk. He'd speak it, it happened. Same thing goes for us. Paul was, got tired of this woman walking around behind him saying these are the men of the most high God. He just turned around and cast that spirit out. And immediately that spirit left her and got through in jail for it, got in trouble for it. But, you know, uh, but before it happened, he just spoke it. You're out of here. Get out. Paul and Silas in jail, praying, singing. Earth starts shaking, doors flying open. They get out. People get saved. They get their wounds tended to, and none of that happened until they lifted their voice. They knew what to say and how to speak to their situation. Not, woe is me, not, oh, goodness, this is the end. Oh, Oh, why did this happen to me? but just started praying and singing praise and encouraging one another. They knew how to speak to these things, and they got victory. And for, I'm, about, I'm getting ready. To, I'm trying to wind, wind on down. I know it seems like a lot of Scripture, but uh, Psalm, or 1 Corinthians 4, Paul begins to make light of his afflictions. But he starts right here saying, we are troubled on every side but not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. There's things going on, but we're still here. And the reason is because in verse 13, he says this, we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. See where you've heard this before. I believed and therefore have I spoken. It wasn't just a pretty verse in the book of Psalm that sounded nice when you read it. It was principle to live by. These were things that people who believed in God learned to live by. That if you believe that he will do it, he'll do it. But if you believe it, speak it. And so the same one who asked the question, what should we say to these things? He's saying, we're troubled on every side. We're not distressed, perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, not forsaken, cast down, not destroyed. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Do you believe? Do you believe? Then what are you saying to these things? These things that are trying to hold you. I sound funny just speaking into the air. Why? He's the prince of the power of the air. Your enemy is. 
So speak into his dominion. Speak into his kingdom. Let him hear that. It's just like the words of David going into the ears of his enemy. It's going right into the enemy's camp. You will not have me. You will not beat me. You will not have my family. You will not have my health. You will not have my children. Just start speaking it out in faith. What are you saying to these things? Knowing that he which raised up Jesus from the dead shall raise us up also by Jesus and present us with you. In other words, God's always taking care of you. All things are for your sakes, the abundant grace might through thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is just for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's why greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can see what's in the world, but you can't see what's inside of you. And the things you can't see are eternal. And temporal things should not beat eternal things. We have eternity living inside of us. And we should not be destroyed and, and, and cast down and, and defeated by temporal earthly things. This flesh should not have the victory over us because we mortify the deeds of the flesh through the Spirit. And let me tell you, when we have... When we have the spirit of faith, a speaking of our faith in the Lord Jesus is going to produce the miraculous. Peter said it was his name and faith through his name that makes this man whole today. Now listen, James told me that no man can tame the tongue because we're talking about speaking. No man can tame the tongue, but the spirit can. No man can tame it. But that's when the Holy Ghost comes, you begin to speak in another tongue. Your flesh is surrendered to the Spirit of God, and now it's speaking. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And I want to tell you, when you have the Spirit of faith, and when you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, that tongue can speak things that, it can, it can speak to giants, and say, no, I'm going to win. It can speak to things that are designed to destroy you and say, oh, I'm going to win. It can speak things that might sound foolish even to your own ears, but you know that greater is he that's in you. And you know that if God be for you, who can be against you? Honey, come on to the music. Stand with me. And so I go back to Paul in Romans. And he's writing this to the church. This is not to the dude out on the street. This is to the church at Rome. Instruction for saints of God. So in Romans 8 and 31, he says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? That's one, one who. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Whoever is trying to lay anything on you, 
He's not greater than the God you serve. And he might be against you, but he can't win. Who should lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Remember that. That's what you speak. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God and makes intercession for us. Remember that because that's what you speak to those who are trying to condemn you. Who shall separate us, those that are trying to separate you, from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it's written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, uh-uh. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, height, depth, any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's saying, that's what I know about God. If God be for me, who can be against me? I know how to speak to these things. I want to see the church get back into the habit of speaking to these things. I'm all for prayer lists and prayer lines. I'm all for altar calls. I believe in all that. But I am also for men and women and children of God putting that enemy in his place. The scripture says that we would bruise him under our feet. We're going to bruise his head. That's where he belongs. He don't belong up here in your ear. Under your feet. These things have no place in our life. You put them in their place. Put them where they go. Your victory is in your voice. What are you saying to these things? Come find your place in this altar this morning and whatever it is you've been struggling with whatever it is that's been fighting you challenging you trying to cause you great fear speak to it just start speaking to it I'm not going to have this fear anymore I'm not going to have this sickness anymore. This worry, this anxiety, this stress, it's going to go in the name of Jesus. Speak to it, church.
I believe in that, that word, and then I speak it. And I believe that the things that we know about the Lord, we can speak. There's a young lady over here, Miss Marla. She wanted the Holy Ghost today. So let's stretch our hands this way and pray for her right now. If you want to come and gather around her, if you want to pray for her right now, if you need the Holy Ghost, it's for you. You can receive it. He said, if you believe it, you can receive it. It's for you. Could we begin to pray for her right now as she's praying for the Holy Ghost? That that faith as a child. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Come on, saints, lift your voice. While they're continuing to pray with her, grab, grab the hand of somebody beside you like we always do. Find you somebody beside you if you're sitting there. Get somebody next to you. Take the hand of somebody.
And I want you to begin to not just speak life into your situation, but begin to just speak death to those things that are tormenting you. Let's bury them here today. Let's leave them here today. Let's pull the sheet over them today. Come on. In the name of Jesus, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, saints. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Ghost fall. Hallelujah. Fill her with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive it. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, give the Lord a hand and a shout in this house. Come on, just give him some thanksgiving in this house. They can keep praying. We're not stopping them from praying. God's give us victory in this house. I'm telling you, it's such a simple, simple truth. But Paul was letting us know it. You know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And everything we see about God, what He's doing, His Word would always precede it. He never just showed up and did something, but He would always declare. And then he would do. He would speak and it would come to pass. And the Lord has shown us when his disciples went out, the 70 went out. And he said, they come back and they rejoice because even the devils were subject to us through your name. They didn't have like a rubber stamp and were hitting people on the head with it or a piece of paper. They had that word in their mouth, what they believed about who he was. And they spoke that name of the Lord and all power in heaven and earth in that name. And, and even the devils were now subject and things were happening. They had victory through what they were speaking. They would come up against sicknesses and they were healing the sick. They would come up against spirits and they were casting them out. Nothing stopped. And they'd come back just celebrating, rejoicing because, Lord, what great power, what this is that just through your word through your name just speaking and they're subject to us I'm telling you the devil don't have nothing that can beat you there is no weapon form that shall prosper and it's so simple that we miss it that we can just speak to these things what are you saying to these things so from this day forward you, you be ready to tell your problem, your enemy. When your day's going sideways, you tell that day, hey, in the name of Jesus, there'll be a tomorrow. There'll be a better. You ain't going to get me. You're not going to win. I'm not quitting. It's not over. God will open a door. God will make a way. You speak into your situation. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. You believe it? Come on, give the Lord another hand.
I know people's got places to be, things to do. They can continue to pray with Marley for a few minutes. Thank you for being here. Be here tomorrow night for prayer at 7 o'clock. Wednesday night at 7. God bless you. You can be dismissed. And Sunday school teachers, I need to see you over at my office.